Yo, what's good, y'all? Avery Lewis McDougal here from Avery Sports Show, AverySports.com, and the Hockey News, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters, with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world, covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Are you ready to stay fit this winter? Get off the couch with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Sign up now to their mobility and movement program. Use the code PSP15 to get 15% off the one-time purchase of the program. Then it's yours forever. No additional subscriptions or fees. The program is available worldwide. Now, back to the show. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host, Justin Williams. And today, I'm with the man who knows everything about NFTs, the one that writes all of our news articles for our newsletters. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't yet, please go over to Pro Sports Podcasters and subscribe to our monthly newsletter. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man behind the magic, Mr. Colbert Durand. Kobe, how you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing good. We had our first, like, real snowfall yesterday, but it's already melted, so... We'll see. It's uh, maybe a a plus 100 we'll have snow at Christmas this year, but I'm kind of betting against it. <laughs> you are 100% correct. And fans of the podcast, please, for the love of God, go and leave us a comment. Like, we love all 10,000 of you that follow us on social media, on our Instagram. Thank you so much. But on Spotify, on on, on Apple, on wherever, Amazon, just leave us a review. It's It's almost embarrassing. Like... And our downloads are phenomenal. No reviews, though. No reviews. <laughs> I know. Everybody like, reaches out to us on Instagram. It's like, go ahead and reach out to us in a comment on yeah. our actual podcast. And we're, we're more likely to answer. I'll tell you that right now. We'll answer 100% for sure. Do you know how embarrassing it is to meet with people who are like potential business businesses? And they're like, okay, we see you have 10,000 followers. You have a boatload of downloads. Where are the comments? We have no idea. None. <laughs> we got nothing. Everybody is shy when it comes to writing. Unlike our guest, see how I tied that together? Freaking genius over Boom. here. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of the best freelance writers on the face of this planet. And he told me he knows something about the Blue Jays. He said he was signed to the Blue Jays. I know he's teasing, but it's still fun to play along with it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Avery Lewis. Avery, how you doing? I'm good, fellas. How are you guys doing today? Uh, I had road rage coming home, but other than that, it was good. <laughs> that now that sucks. Shohei Otani is a J, so I'm celebrating. <laughs> Don't jinx it. He is. Are you sure? It's done. Says who? Rogers. Like right this second. It's done. Stop. I'll believe it when I see it. It's done, Justin. A- Avery, you want to confirm this? I'm, I'm seeing just now on on Twitter, John Morosi saying that Shohei is en route to Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Because he hasn't touched down yet. He's still on the airplane. There's still like a whole private bird like, track the whole airplane thing going on. I'm like, there's no way he's here. He's supposed to land by 4.30-ish. I was like, there's no way. None. Not Anyways. 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 Avery, are you, are you writing? Are you covering any of this for anybody? Or like, is this not part of your wheelhouse for... If, uh, 
Oh, if someone wants me, if someone wants me to, I'll, I'll go ahead. I've, I've, I've covered every sport there is to cover. I've done everything from hockey, basketball, rugby, soccer. I'm a multi-talented person when it comes to all sports. <laughs> well, that's good. We could use you then to kind of convince Shohei Otani to come to Toronto. Just sell it off. Be like, listen, come here. We have great people. The snow isn't that bad. And we're close to America, so you can still go shopping. I don't know. Free healthcare. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Not wrong. <laughs> no, that's not wrong at all. It's not wrong at all. So let's take it to the beginning, to the basics. How did you get into freelance journalism? Oh, wow. So this has been a 15-year odyssey. 15-year odyssey going all the way back to 2008. I was 15 years old, always wanted to be in the media, always wanted to be involved in sports media. But back then, this was, this was like the dawn of podcasting and blogs. And this was back when... Outlets didn't really take seriously blogging or podcasting, so I want to get involved. So I, I literally Googled one morning in April twenty in April two thousand eight. How do you how do you get on sports media? I found a site called BlogTalkRadio.com, which is still on the air, and let anybody host their own show. It could be about sports, entertainment, whatever. So I signed up. And literally the next day, launched my show, Avery Sports Show, on a Nokia flip phone, talked for half an hour, and that spawned into me doing this show for 83 episodes and taking it to different live streaming platforms. I had guests, I had guests on from the hockey world, basketball world, ex-NFL players. I went to Canton to cover the whole fame induction for football for two summers in a row via this website. And that spanned into me literally becoming a self-taught writer on my own website with averysports.com and learning how to blog. I went to school in Edmonton for, um, for broadcasting at uh, a school in Edmonton called Nate took their two-year course in radio and television broadcasting. And in that time, I was still doing stuff on my own. I was still independently writing about our local sports teams, about the Empton CFL team, about the when we about the Empton Rush, now Saskatchewan Rush in the National Lacrosse League, covering minor pro basketball. I was just always trying to find a way to evolve and create content, even though I was in university. And then from that... It went off to me. I graduated in 2013 from university. And unlike most people, I didn't go to a small town for my first time. I went to Toronto because I have family in Toronto. My dad uh, lives in Toronto. We moved out there in 2013. And for a couple of years, I covered virtually every, well, everything there was, again, independently to cover in sports in Toronto. I did Hockey Hall of Fame inductions. I covered MLS. I covered um, baseball. I covered the Toronto Wolfpack rugby team. Like I was just trying to find a way to break in, and from that, I was able to find a job back in Edmonton in radio, in social media, and also get a job um, as a correspondent covering the Wolfpack again on Sky Sports. And that spawned off into that was a, a bit of a long-winded story, but it spawned off into me getting noticed by companies like Yahoo Sports Canada, which I'm sure we'll get into about their closure later on, and the Hockey News to cover the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights originally. And that's where I really am right now, juggling different brands on a freelance basis, writing for for um, the Hockey News, writing for every sport, and every so often appearing on City News Edmonton and CBC National News to talk hockey and talk CFL. Damn, started from the bottom, now we're here. You sound <laughs> like you are covering everything under the sun. We thank you for your time, evidently. Over down in Edmonton now, you said you're covering a wide range of sports, that being uh, basketball is one of them. Have you been mm. to a CEBL game? 
I have actually one of my career stops was working for the CEBL. I used to work for the CEBL. I was the Edmonton Singers um, web host for a couple of seasons. So and one of my one of my first interviews was with Xavier Moon, who is now of the LA Clippers and the Ontario Reign. So I was one of the first guys to really sit down with Xavier, tell his story. Of course, Raptor fans. Name sounds familiar. His uncle is Jamario Moon, the former Raptor, the Dunk King. Jamario Moon's his uncle. So yeah, so I've I've been covering the CEBL literally literally since their first day of operation. I was at the first ever L, uh, Singers press conference in 2019. Worked with them. I'm now on my own doing stuff with them. But no, I've covered a lot of CEBL stories. Interviewed Mike Morreale multiple times, and he's probably one of our best commissioners we've ever had in Canadian sport in terms of. Growing a brand, getting a league to go from zero to a hundred. I mean, you now got ten teams that are cross country. Like this is this is truly our first modern cross country pro basketball league that cares about Canadian fans, Canadian teams, Canadian players. And I've been able to help promote this league and write about the stories of players for, since day one. I have no regrets about that, guys. I mean. That's exactly it. You, you've done so much. And it's so cool to know that you actually came by and were like, hey, we are actually going to be part of like the original kind of uh, like group of, of anything. It's, just, it's so amazing to have like the stingers as kind of in your back pocket, like you did it for the first time with them. And that's that's awesome. Mm. And also shout out to Mike because he was a guest on our show for uh, I believe it was season 11, episode 20, if I'm not totally mistaken on that. But uh, before I pass it off to Kobe, real quick question, kind of switching over to the CFL. Yeah. What What was your take on the Elks this season? Uh, you know what? Thank goodness they won at home this year. Thank goodness they <laughs> broke that home losing streak. Because when when last year ended, the one thing that you guys probably might have seen was that Chris Jones hate when it came to question about the losing streak. Chris Jones hated talking about. It. He hated ask being asked about that. And one thing as a reporter, as a journalist, you have to ask. Okay, you haven't won a game yet. It's gonna come up. And battling with Chris Jones on that, that was not very fun. But seeing his team towards the end of the year turn things around and have success with Trey Ford and the quarterback, it was fun to watch. Seeing how he worked with guys like Geno Lewis, Devin Cobb, and seeing defensively Jake Serezna step up on the defensive line. There's there's a future for the Elks where this team will get better. And I'm glad that we saw a glimpse of this team. I mean, it's not perfect yet, but we saw a glimpse of... 2024 going to be a year where the Elks could definitely contend for a playoff spot in Western Division next year, guys. I can see it happening. Do you think that's necessary to stop the decline in interest in the CFL in Edmonton? Uh, I think it's one of a variety of factors. I think it's one of, right, I mean, winning, of course. People want to go see a winner. People like seeing a team that has success. But I think also, too, one thing that the CFL and teams have been a little bit slow on for many years, has been targeting this team towards younger demographic. And that's one thing that the CFL is playing catch-up on, and in some aspects, they're doing a great job. They're doing a good job of it in Montreal, in Vancouver, and you saw the East Final with Toronto-Montreal where they had 28,000 fans. You're seeing Toronto get it now. I think for Edmonton now, it really is now. Yes, you can put a winning product on the field, but you've got to go hard right now into attracting that demo of, I would say, 
18 to 35 or even like 16 to 20, getting them involved and interested. And it helps when you have a marketable guy like Trey Ford, a quarterback, saying, hey, come see what he's doing. He's on all these highlight reels. He's playing well. you got to push to get him in the face of high school students, college kids, and give them a reason to come care about the CFL next season. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about some recent success, though. The uh, the hot ticket in Edmonton has got to be the Oilers right now. They're playing mm. on fire, playing fantastic. Is that what we should expect from the Oilers, or is that like a blip on the radar? You know, I, I think it's a thing that you should expect because it's clear now. I know uh, one example, Connor McDavid. I know because Buse battling his oblique injury this year. Connor McDavid now looks healthy. And a healthy Connor McDavid is one that should strike fear into this entire NHL. I think the stat is now in his past six games, he has like 15 points in his past six games. Like, when Connor McDavid doesn't score, he still finds ways to have three, four-point nights by getting the puck to guys who will score. And you're seeing now Dreisaitl uh, find his game again. You're seeing Zach Hyman having a great season so far. He had a hat-trick in his last game against the uh, Hurricanes. You're seeing Matisse Ekholm return to form as he saw a blue liner. This is the oldest team that we should expect to see. And I think that and every year this team, the oldest team always has a mid-season slump. I think getting it out of the way now is a good sign for them as opposed to having that slump come February, March. Because this is a team in which the forward core is fine. The D core is adequate. It's really more this ability in net. And you're finally getting it now from Stuart Skinner. The big okay. thing really now, yeah. I was going to ask you that. Are the fans satisfied with the goaltender play? Uh, you know, when the season began, no. they were not. They were not. <laughs> Let's be blunt. Let's be quite blunt here. They were not happy at all. Like, it, was, it wasn't what you, I mean. That soup doesn't taste good. <laughs> you know, I think many of us, we knew, I mean, if you, if you know Jack Campbell, you know he's always been an up and down goalie. That's, that's, that's been his career. That's been his resume. No one thought Jack Campbell was going to be an 870 goaltender. No one thought that was going to happen. We thought he would be a better way to bounce back. He hasn't. He's still in Bakersfield. And I'm at the point which, you know what, Jack Campbell, met him before, really nice guy, but you got to find a way to win games. And right now you're seeing Stuart Skinner starting to do that now, but he needs a partner so he's not burnt out. So, unfortunately, I personally, if it was me as a GM or if it was me as president, I'm immediately trying to find another name to run the tandem with Stuart Skinner ASAP, guys. Okay, is there is there a goalie maybe on a team that's been getting peppered that you think would have a, a much better time in Edmonton that we could target? Oh, the, I mean, the name we've heard out there, I know one name out there, he's now resigned, was Samuel Maltonblow. He was a name who I know Edmonton was trying to get. He resigns in, Mo in Montreal. So I, I think if Edmonton does make a move immediately, it probably will be someone like a Jake Allen or maybe Mackenzie Blackwood. Those are the two names that I think can hold in public targets going forward. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yes, I totally agree that uh, Jack Campbell is kind of a letdown when it comes to this regard. But furthermore, you guys just should have talked to a Toronto fan and they, they would have, they would have told you about Jack Campbell <laughs> where like he had a good season and a half kind of, but look what he did before. And he was supposed to be the backup to, he was supposed to replace quick over in LA and that didn't happen. And then we got him and then he was good for a bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just, it kind of seems like what happened to Anderson, right? Not Frederick Anderson, but like the other Anderson, 
Well, he was put on waivers and then we got him for some reason as Toronto fans and was supposed to be like Jack and Anderson. And then that was anyways, anyways, we're over that. We're over that. (laughs) I'm not over it. I'm not over anything Toronto does. I'm in a battered wife relationship with Toronto, but moving forward with the state of sports in Edmonton, Mm. do you feel like Edmonton could support a CPL expansion team? You know, without a doubt, a thousand percent they could. I feel it's not really about the support. It's really about ownership and where they're going to play. Because the one problem is that where they played most of their existence, Clark Stadium, which is by Commonwealth Stadium, is right beside it. Clark Stadium was not built to support a professional sports franchise. That stadium is literally, it's a high school football facility that wasn't meant for professional sports of any type. So yep. it was tough for MC uh, Edmonton to really make things work there. I mean, the ownership, the FAT group gave it an honest, you know, an honest try to make things work. It did have fan support, but again, it wasn't in a great part of town. The amenities were lacking. So that's really the big thing I really feel for Edmonton is getting a place that they can play that's a little professional. But I don't know if Edmonton City Council is going to really move their feet in in terms of getting a pro soccer facility in Edmonton. Because things, see, when it comes to stadiums in Edmonton, guys, things move very slowly here as a fortune because I don't see Campbell returning until there's a plan in place to get them a proper facility for soccer that seats at least 78,000 people. The fan support is there. Eddie's fans have been dedicated since his team was playing back in the NASL days, back when before that league went belly up and the and that NASL was just a, a mess at many levels. But yeah. no, the fan support the fan support is there. I think if they find a way to get a new stadium in Edmonton for the for the Yetis, you will see that place packed for diehard soccer fans in this market, guys. I would love to see it. I mean, one of my favorite highlights comes from an SC Edmonton game, which I think was their last season in the NASL, where you might know what I'm talking about, but it's the one where I can't remember the player's name. Um, it was against Ottawa, I believe, and Ottawa's goalie didn't realize there was a player behind him, put the ball down, <laughs> yep. and the player came, <laughs> took it, and put it in the net. Uh, like that made it to like ESPN's like plays of the week or something, or misplays of the week. It was. It, it was weird to see like two Canadian lower tier soccer teams just on American network. Go, eh, we've made it. Not for the right. Exactly. <laughs> but anyways, anyways, also FC Edmonton is one of my favorite teams because when Messi was uh, not before he came here to uh, into Miami, but uh, when the, the initial rumors before he signed a like one year extension with PSG, there was those uh, rumors about coming to, it's MLS, and then FC Edmonton was like, you know what? We're going to put our name in the hat, too. And then just put a picture of Messi with an FC Edmonton jersey on. And I was like, brother, I think Messi should sign like a week contract just for that. Just one week in FC Edmonton. That would have been funny. Oh, a thousand percent. So the growth of, of soccer being a little missed right now in FC Edmonton and basketball obviously picking up. What is the culture like in Edmonton? regarding teams that are not from there so like i know there's a like a rivalry with calgary so i won't talk about that but like let's say if if a team from another part comes in is there like hatred right away or is there kind of like is edmonton still that kind of neutral province where we're just like or city sorry where they just kind of accept who's coming in uh in terms of like uh, uh, as in hockey in terms of like uh, our sports or 
Well, it, mainly excluding hockey, but other sports. Because I know people can be very volatile in hockey, but I'm talking just mm-hmm. like if something happens for like the, like the Rattlers or something come by and you're like, oh, no, get out of here. Oh, you, you, eggs at your cars. <laughs> you're you're seeing it now. I would say you're starting to, you're starting to see it now. It's still there in the CFL. Like when it comes to football, it's still there for for the Elks and Stampeders. That's always going to be a thing. That was a thing that predates the NHL. Like that's like that. That's the thing's always going to be there when it comes to football. You're seeing it now. You're seeing it now in basketball. With the um with the Calgary Surge on the CBL and the Stingers. You're seeing that bit of a uh, back and forth between Surge and Stingers fans, and especially now because. The, sur- the Surge recently relocated from Guelph, and they beat Edmonton in the playoffs. Edmonton is yet to win a game in Calgary in CEBL play. The only win against the Surge came in Edmonton. And a great example of just the rivalry is when when Edmonton went down to play Calgary uh, back towards the end of the regular season, the Edmonton Stingers took two full buses of Stinger fans down to Calgary for that game. It was probably the first time in the CEBL a visiting fan base invaded another market. And that was really cool to see. I went down there, covered that, and it was fun to see this in the two full buses of probably about 200 Edmonton fans walking into Calgary's arena chanting, Let's go, Stingers. Like, that was the first time you really felt like, Hey, here's a real battle between provincial teams in this league, and it being Edmonton against Calgary was amazing, and again, it was basketball, people, um, some people were out there, some, I saw some reaction like, whoa, this is for, for some basketball, yeah, because it could be, it could be hockey, football, basketball, baseball, tiddlywinks, Edmonton versus Calgary is always going to be a show. <laughs> that is exactly that, I love to hear that, I have a couple of people from Calgary who kind of said the, uh, or sorry, from Edmonton who kind of said the same thing, I went to school in Thunder Bay, Ontario, and a lot of people from Edmonton go to that school and they're just like, yeah, dude, we can get wild at times, but we're respectful. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> what? And it's like, yeah, we'll kick up. Like we'll ride in on a horse, but we'll make sure that your horse is also hitched before we start chaos. And I was like, that's amazing. That yeah. I mean, they're nice people. Always wore cowboy hats, always wore cowboy hats. So what would you like to see in the expansion of, uh, of sports in Edmonton? Is there anything in particular you kind of want to, to, to hope and wish in the next five, 10 years? Uh, you know, I would say great example right there. I would love to. I would love to see again. Can PL return to Edmonton? I think it'd be really cool. I'm not sure it's gonna happen though because I'm not sure there'll be enough room. But I think it'd be really cool to find a way to get their AHL team to Edmonton because you're seeing more NHL teams in Canada are putting their teams closer to their market. While the Oilers are the only NHL team in Canada that has their AHL affiliate in America still. And, you know, I get there's a connection with Bakersfield, California. I understand that they've been there for a long time. But in terms of just making things easier for an organization when it comes to call-ups, I would love to see that team relocate to Edmonton, or if not to Edmonton, somewhere close by. I could see, like, a, a Saskatoon or a Regina. Putting them a little bit closer to Edmonton than Bakersfield, California, I think, guys. Well, maybe they just want an excuse to fly out there. <laughs> now, Avery, did you grow up in Edmonton? I did, yes. Born and raised in Edmonton. I did not I did live in, I mentioned Toronto for a couple of years, but when I was young, uh, my parents my parents worked in fashion for, for many years, so I would always go down as a kid to to Las Vegas, Nevada. So I have a, I have a bond, I have a kinship with Nevada. I grew up going to Nevada a lot. So I, on my Twitter profile, on my IG profile, you'll see I put my upbringing as, as um, a bit of Edmonton, a bit of Toronto, and a splash of Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And growing up, 
like which sports teams were you a legit fan of? Uh, growing up, uh, I think you know, being an Edmonton boy, you had to. Uh, for many of us, I was a Oilers, Oilers fan. When it came to other sports, I was a, I was a big Chicago Bulls guy kid. I was a, I was a fan of them towards the end of their dynasty run. Then I switched to the Raptors. I was I was one of the kids, those first kids that fell in love with Vince Carter and see what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like my first my first NBA game was the old Naismith Cup, Toronto Vancouver. I saw Vince Carter's first game. Um, there in Edmonton. Actually, that was the game where Master P played. I, I was there for that game where Master P had scored eight points off the bench. That was my first NBA game. So um, <laughs> my team was the Raptors and then other sports. Um, I've been a I've been a, a Green Bay Packers fan since um, 2001. That's been my team for a a very very long time. You know, we've only seen one Super Bowl title, but you know, hey. They they are consistent. They find a way to always get into the postseason and baseball. It's gotta be the Jays. But I do have a lot of friends who play in the major leagues. But I I am I'm a big I'm a big Jays guy. <laughs> now are the Packers the de facto NFL team for Edmonton because of the the color rush? <laughs> you would think, but no. Edmonton it's a market that's split. Like you will find, I would say it's like a four way split between Green Bay, Minnesota. Okay. New England and Seattle, and actually, no, I'll, I'll put in a fifth. I'll save, yeah, yeah. Those those four teams are really the prominent ones. But you will see, but you will see, you'll see spatterings of Vikings fans, Cowboys fans, Browns fans. But yeah, the the dominant teams here are really um, Seattle, or it's really Seattle, New England, Green Bay, really. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, New England to me is just a they're you know, bandwagon jumpers. So you find New England fans anywhere right? because of the Brady era, but that's going to slowly change over time, especially now. So, okay. So growing up a, a Green Bay fan and having spent as much time as you did in Vegas, you got to cover the, the Knights. Are you more mm-hmm. of a Knights fan than an Oilers fan? Uh, you know, I would say, I would say I'm I'm more. I would say it's it's split to an extent because I do admire what Vegas has done, and oh, yeah. you know, for, and for and you know, I think I think they've embraced the fact you know you're in Vegas, Vegas, Nevada. Be outrageous, be over the top, and I think the, to the hockey purists, they hate that because oh, you know, hockey's a good old boy sport. Da, 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 da. I like that. I like the fact you know we're from Las Vegas. We're gonna be gonna be silly, and. I love the fact that they went to the Cup final year one because actually we did a TV show in Edmonton, a local city news show, where I was on air with a couple of ex NHL players, and I got asked in I, I got asked 2017 before the expansion draft, what's your predictions for the Vegas Golden Knights in year one? Everybody else on air was said um, last place, next to last place, and I went on TV, guys. I said year one. I said, and I quote, the expansion drafts will allow Vegas to be competitive with the way it's been changed. There'll be a playoff team year one. I went on TV and said that. <laughs> right on. Right on. And so, do, you, do you think that maybe Vegas is one of the next places to get the NBA expansion team? Oh, I, I truly think so. In terms of just seeing this growth of sports in that market, I think it's inevitable they're going to get a new team. And the way LeBron James speaks of Las Vegas and how he wants interest and ownership of a team, I think the fact the NBA is doing more and more things there now, you're seeing, be it Summer League, be it the in-season tournament, I think it's only a matter of when, not if anymore, when they're going to give a team to Las Vegas. I could see, my, my guess for a Vegas team, I could see... 
2028 ish, you'll hear about a, a team going there. I could see a two. I could see two teams by 2028. I could see being Vegas and Seattle getting teams by then. Okay, I, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, I mean, you know, selfishly, I want to see another team in Canada, but yeah, I think I think Seattle and Vegas are the two front runners for sure. They have to be. I mean, I think it'd be cool if we had Newfoundland Growlers come back to do basketball again. That'd Absolutely. Be but, anyways, Avery, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. You were phenomenal to talk with, full of life, had that pizzazz. Quick question before you go, though. Yes. Where can our fans find you on social media? All right. So you can find me on social Find me on Twitter, which is now X, the worst name in the world. Uh, I'm on there at Avery, at A-V-R-Y. I'm also on Instagram under Avery Sports, A-V-R-Y Sports. And yeah, those are my main my main outlets to find me on. And if you want to read more of my work, find me on AveRysports.com and the Hockey News. Boom. Right on. Right on. Good to have you on, buddy. Good talking to you. No, of course, guys. It was a blast. Anytime you guys want me on the show, I'll be down. I love doing podcasts and all kinds of shows like these. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience, where no sport is left behind.